1: Welcome On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Justin Wells, beat reporter, uh, inside Texas uh, football recruiting and uh, football team analyst. Uh, Justin, how are you doing today?
0: Doing well, Bobby. It's a very hot Sunday in East Texas, so I'm trying to stay cool, but covering the Longhorns makes it even hotter. I mean, well, I'll we, tell you what. Uh, we Texas can take pick- a day off because somebody else might commit.
1: Yeah, Texas picked up a commitment yesterday from Peyton Kirkland, the big offensive lineman out of Orlando, Florida. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about him. Also know that you went up to see Jalen Hale over uh, late this week, a uh, young man out of Longview that Texas is recruiting heavily, uh, the wide receiver. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about the team as they prepare to uh, officially uh, get back going at it uh, here in the next couple of weeks. And talk about uh, their due date on campus, et cetera. Uh, You got to. If I know you have a few minutes, so let's just get right into it. What were your thoughts on Peyton Kirkland, commit number twenty for the Longhorns? I mean,
0: my thoughts were: I thought this cycle was going to be fun and zany before this recruitment. Now it's par for the course. The kid's never visited. (laughs) You know, he didn't have Texas in his top five. He did tell. Uh, on threes Chad Simmons. he always had Texas as like a dark horse, a number six, like the sixth man in his back pocket. Um, just watching Peyton and knowing a little bit about him. this is a kid that's been recruited for a long time. I mean, he's just a ginormous kid. Uh, six, five and a half six six, three forty three fifty uh, moves pretty well, gets to the second level. I was surprised, uh, well, but not really surprised because our Jerry Hamilton was pretty much all over it uh, whenever, the whispers started coming out. And so uh, it nothing in this class surprises me anymore. You know, I, I think Arch Manning was the, the consistent. That was the one we almost knew was going to happen. We just didn't know how the backlash, the effect it was going to have afterwards and Peyton Kirkland to me is a prime example of just a lot of momentum built up long-term relationships and uh, you know, being kind of a hot, hot uh, school right now.
1: Yeah. There's no doubt that Texas is a, Taking some of this uh, momentum and capitalizing right now, guys that uh, basically weren't necessarily ha- heavily interested in Texas end up uh, going to going Longhorns' way. Cider s- Mitchell is another one that was s- sort of like that prior to uh, uh, Arch Manning's commitment. And uh, I-, I tell you what, it's not, it's not, um, it's not too uh, overstated. Uh, when you think about the effect that Arch Manning has had, because it's, it's happening uh, in droves right now, not just on offense, but also on defense. Um, one offensive player, though, that you went and saw that I want to ask you about is Jalen Hale, uh, one of the couple of receivers remaining that the Longhorns are really targeting in this recruiting process. Of course, they already have commitments from uh, Jonte Cook, Ryan Niblett, and jo- Jonah Wilson, but Hale... Uh, and McCall Harrison pilot out of Temple. Those two appear to be the final two pieces here that they're looking at at wide receiver. Uh, Having met with Hale uh, this past week, what were your thoughts there?
0: Um, Yeah, went over to Longview to see Jalen again. I've seen Jalen a lot. And and we even talked about it. I've been to football practices, camps, basketball games, track meets. Um, So as long as he knows I'm not stalking him, we're all good. Uh, Here's something funny, Bobby. It's taken three wide receiver coaches in Austin and UT's 2023 class to really put Texas in a prime pouncing position for this kid. For years, uh, Texas just wasn't in the recruitment. It started with Drew Meringer. There was no relationship there. Uh, when they pivoted to Andre Coleman, it remained. No relationship there for whatever reason. And before Lincoln Riley took off for, for South, Southern Cal, OU was the spot. There was, a, there, there, there was some, some things there that he just really liked Oklahoma. He really liked the, the offense, and, and, he, and he felt like Riley could put him in the league. Riley goes to USC, and so obviously they're, not, they're still in the recruitment. He goes out there, uh, has a good time, takes an official, uh, goes to see Texas A&M unofficially, and then puts out a top three of Texas, Alabama, and Georgia kind of out of nowhere. Um, we had written about how Texas has built their way into this recruitment. Brendan Marion has been tremendous. Uh, but I don't think it really, really became Texas-centric until the official visit Jalen took to Georgia because Arch Manning was on that visit to Georgia. And I wouldn't be shocked if Arch Manning gave him a little preview of what was going to happen over the next few weeks while they were in that Georgia official visit. I actually had a, a recruit tell me the other day, Before Texas really surged to the top of this recruitment, Georgia was going to be the pick. And I had talked to to Jalen and and some of of those close to him, and they thought, you know, Alabama was one that they could pick. It was kind of all up in the air. But now Jalen knows where he wants to go. And he's trying to – he wants to keep that to himself as as much as he can. (laughs) There's a recruiting class at Texas that doesn't want to keep that much of a secret. Mm -hmm. But, listen – He's got somewhere to be this 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 coming weekend. It's either going to be Austin or Tuscaloosa. Now he's told he's told us it could be Austin. He's told us it could be Alabama. His mother has never visited Tuscaloosa yet. And so they are pushing Alabama is they they understand there's some urgencies there and they are pushing for hell every day now. And they want mom on campus and so where he goes this next weekend I don't think is going to be this deciding factor. He still has an Alabama official visit on the third of September, he still has a Texas official visit on the 10th of September and he's got a decision on September twenty second. that's on a Thursday the day before they play Lancaster and so. He has it all mapped out the way he wants it. So wherever he winds up this weekend, whether it's Austin or Tuscaloosa, I don't think that's going to have any direct result. I think Texas has put themselves in a tremendously strong position here. And it only took, like I said, their third wide receiver coach of the recruitment and a group of 2023
1: commits to do it. Well, this is the question. You're just talking about where he's going to be next weekend, right? Texas has a big uh, pool party, barbecue, whatever you want to call it coming up this week. Not only him, but uh, they're hopeful that they get some other players in uh, visiting this coming weekend. We, we think Arch Manning is going to be there as well as some other commitments like uh, Malik Muhammad, possibly Jontae Cook and some others. Uh, what are you hearing in that regard as far as visitors this upcoming weekend to Texas? I, I,
0: it's one of those things where the list is it grows a little bit each day. We've been working on that list, you know this, for the last month. Uh, because after you know they, they've got a lot of 2023s identified, so we really focused on 2024s. Who are some of those guys that they're going to be bringing in? And there's a handful on the on the list there as well. And so, you know, it's one of those. It, it, they do this barbecue. I feel like they've done this around this time. Uh, The last few seasons, I feel like there's some consistency there and when they do it, because it seems like, OU has a party about this time. Texas A&M has a pizza pool party, whatever, about this time, you know, so it's pretty typical. Um, But I I think what you're going to see is some of the names you want to hear. I don't know if you're going to hear them. if you're a Texas fan, you want to hear JV on Tobiano. Well, guess what? He's keeping that recruitment close to the vest. And at this point, talking to two, two people close to him, he might just show up unannounced and low-key. That's probably the way he's going to do it. You want to hear Anthony Hills going to skip his unofficial to, to go to Austin? Well, he's going to College Station. That thing has been – you know, Anthony I spoke to his father. That that, that that date has been etched. So he's going to be there as well, and he'll have a decision rather quickly after that visit. DJ Hicks, I talked to his father recently, and he says – Could be OU this next weekend, could be Texas A&M. He assured me it wasn't going to be Texas. They're going to wait until the season. I expect them to come week two when Alabama comes. I expect that's when DJ is going to be there, but that recruitment's not going to start until November, December anyway. And so there's some names there. There's some bigger names, but, you know, I'm actually working on a post right now that'll go up here soon or, or early in the morning inside the numbers, because with Peyton Kirkland, there's 20 commits and there's a what? Six, seven
1: spots maybe left. You know, so yeah, I mean, about that we can talk about the number of spots if, if you but want. That's but, how many big guys are going to be in this weekend? Yeah. Jerry thinks that there's going to be around nine more. Uh, he, he thinks he doesn't know for sure. None of us do. Right. Um, and no, so that's how a do we,
0: generous, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, how are we going to uh, watch this transpire? And, and you bring up a good point is really, as they've got these, there's not, they're not under a, a tight numbers crunch right now. I don't think anybody is saying that, uh, no. but they're limited. Uh, I think that, you know, you, you not there's only a couple more DBs right now that they're really pursuing hard. Uh, there's only a couple more receivers. We, we just mentioned, we think they're done at offensive line. Uh, defensive line is still full bore right now, both edge and interior. Absolutely. Um, and so the uh, still after one, they, they really only want a Pair, more linebackers, running back. A pair of linebackers too. Yeah, so. exactly. Linebackers as well. So, I'll be interested to read that article that you put out because it's going to be, I think that you say six or seven, Jerry says nine-ish. I mean, I don't really know the number, Justin, but I know that that's that's not 15 more. Right. That's not exactly. we're, we're that's not getting how
0: many kids come in this weekend. Yeah, that's why exactly. I, it, it'll be a good event. I'm telling you, they'll, 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 they'll get closer to some of those guys. And there's some big 2024s coming in as well. But it just won't be the the it won't be the Texas relays when Arch came in for four days. It won't be that big recruiting weekend in the last weekend in June when when half the half of their targets came in on campus. It's not going to have that type of cachet. But we're still going to be there and there's still going to be some guys showing up.
1: What about Jordan Matthews? Have we heard anything on him, the cornerback uh, out of uh, Baton, Rouge Wood, uh, Baton Rouge Woodlawn lately? Is he expected to come in this weekend or we're not sure?
0: No, he's expected to come in this weekend. Uh, I'll catch back up with him and his father probably this week just to, you know, check in. Uh, but as of right now, that still it feels like it's still a Texas-Alabama race. I know LSU jumped in. I know there's a legacy there with that family, but I don't think, I don't think it's a good relationship. Uh, from top to bottom with the Matthews family. I think Texas and Alabama, especially UT has blown the reason UT is in such a good position with Matthews is the relationship they've built over the last year and a half. Terry Joseph has been outstanding in this recruitment, using those Louisiana ties and using them well. And so I, Texas is still supposed to see him this, this, this weekend. This will be the fifth or sixth time Matthews has visited Austin unofficially on his own dime coming from Baton Rouge. Now he'll come back week two uh, in September for, for the Texas Alabama game for his official visit. And, but, but yeah, Texas is still, they're still right there in the mix. They've done a tremendous job. Adding all these parts to this class is only showing these other guys that are fringe or that are just right there on the edge and making the decisions. It's making those calls a little bit easier. I think that when, when that momentum that gets carried up, that gets built up with these kids, it carries over, it overlaps. And I think a Jordan Matthews is seeing that. And when you got guys like right down the road, if you go up, you go up to New Orleans, you got Arch. And Will, if you go backside to New Iberia, you, you got Derek Williams. Hey, let's make it four for four is what Terry Joseph's telling those guys. So Jordan and Texas still look great. I'm just a little scared of Alabama because when Saban zeroes in on somebody, you need to pay attention,
1: especially if he's a defensive back. If he's zeroed in, right? If if, if that's we the truth. That's, we feel that they've made a push the last couple months. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Let me ask you this, uh Justin. Of, of And this is more of a uh, theoretical question. Any surprises you're hearing right now or things that people aren't necessarily thinking of uh, from a recruiting perspective that you think are more leg- likely or legitimate to happen than maybe what you thought uh, a, a week or two ago? Uh, I
0: don't know if anything in the last week. I will say that so far the direction of the Cedric Baxter recruitment has been my biggest surprise i mean that's really to me and you know that's an august 10th decision texas is squarely in the mix there that is that's to me is showing okay to show our choice it's a hell of a hire like he built his relationship with baxter years ago when he was at georgia tech and he's carried that over and so to me that's been kind of the biggest surprise to me so far not necessarily in the last week you know, uh, Jerry's done a tremendous job on that recruitment. And so we've been real dialed in there. But to me, it's probably been that recruitment. I was a little surprised he went in that direction. Uh, one surprise on the other way was I was a little surprised how Harris Sewell uh, kind of crossed Texas out in June, you know, and and lucky for Inside Texas readers, we, we we had that right when when he let us know about it. That surprised me a little bit because he was building, he loved Kyle flood and those other recruits coming in. He actually loved the school. He just wasn't a biggest fan of, of a big city. Cause he, you know, he likes the smaller town. So he's at Clemson, he's going to be headed to Clemson. So those are two that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. If you were to ask me a month ago, I would have probably said Texas leads in that recruitment. Thinking about it today, I don't know if they still lead because I don't know if he's still the primary focus that he's been. You, if Jalen hell jumps in the bat in the bucket September 22nd, you're loaded up at receiver, and they've told both of those guys that that they, they've let them know that's kind of that's their boundary, and so that might be more of a surprise to kind of see how that translates. I'm going to reach out to him in his father. This week to kind of get the latest there because you know Jalen Hill's trending to Texas that that's receiver number four they told those guys first come first serve and so I, I'm going to be a little surprised to see what happens with Harrison Pilot uh, because I know OU is still there I know UH has some family ties and I know that Cal uh, you know it has some allure to it as well so that it, you caught me off guard a little bit Bobby but that's uh, okay I, I was able to fill in a little bit
1: uh, yeah, I, I think that that's what I, I wanted your your uh, unvarnished opinion really. Because I, I think that you're in, the, you're in the weeds on it, right? I mean, this is something you're dealing with every day. And so to get you to draw back a little bit and look at it and, and really think about what, what you think are the big, big picture items that you've run across in the last couple of weeks, I think that's a good thing. Hey, um, let's, let's uh, transition some team talk now, if you don't mind. A um, couple of weeks away, right, from the team fully returning. I, do you know the exact date of that? I
0: believe it's August 4th. I think okay. they report on the 2nd and the 3rd, and I believe it's August 4th.
1: Gotcha. Um, so, so we're literally looking at two weeks away is, is almost essentially, essentially what we're looking at. And that's
0: at. what, I mean, that's what these guys, that's what these players are looking at. There is a strong, there's an, an anxiousness among this group. You know, yep. if you talk to those close to the program, that two weeks, it's going to get here quickly. These guys are eager to get back on the field. And I can't remember in the last few years covering this program where there was such, maybe coming back into 2019 after the sugar bowl win against Georgia, there was some, some anticipation there, but this one there's more mystery with this one because you're still trying to figure out quarterback. You're still trying to figure out edge. You're still going to you know figure out how, how you're going to get these guys, the ball as much. There's so many cool questions going into it. Two weeks is going to fly by Bobby.
1: Uh, you know, Justin, I, I, uh, wrote an article on Friday and mentioned a few players I'm hearing behind the scenes that I think have a chance to step up or, and, or are stepping up. I mentioned a Jai hall. He was one Byron Murphy uh, was another Jalen Ford. uh, You know, there were, there were several in that group. What are some of your guys that you see and hear behind the scenes that you think are going to take that either that next step or just cement their place as a, a big time player for Texas? That's a
0: great question. It was a good story too. I, I honestly, Baron Sorrell is the first is the first one that pops up because you know Overshone told us at Media Days he's going to be coming off the edge some, uh, you know, to try to generate a pass rush. Baron Sorrell will be a guy, if he steps up to that next level, you won't have to worry about Overshown down there as much. You'll have him operating doing other things. Baron Sorrell is a guy that people need to talk more about. You know, he came in kind of low key. He worked hard. He got He's already gotten bigger. I think he's massed 30, 25, 30 pounds. Like, he's gotten bigger. He's gotten thicker. And it's at a need position. It's one of those things where, guys, you know, O'Shawn oh, Mathis didn't walk through the door. This is the group you have. Who's gonna step up? And Sorrell decided, well, I'll take
1: the next step. Jay I was o- gonna say this. Do you remember the the when Mora Ojomo kind of went um, went off went off uh, off the reservation a little bit and talked bluntly? One of the guys that he said, <laughs> one of the guys that he mentioned that he just didn't think would be denied was Baron Sorrell. He was like, Look, I don't know, but I know this. I mean, he's working. Harder every day is a thing for him, right? Yeah. He's becoming a guy. Uh, and so that's interesting. Uh, that you put that out there. Uh, and uh and not only Baron, I want to make
0: sure you, you know that Jalen Ford, you can't talk to anybody within the program, Bobby, and them not mention Jalen Ford. And you know what? An inside linebacker that has to be. I mean, you talk about quarterbacks scoring points, you talk about all that stuff. You find an inside linebacker for this 2022 bunch, that's when they'll start winning ball games. The inside of that field, that, 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 that front seven is so important. The inside is so important. Jalen Ford taking that next step is huge. Don't forget, you know, he's got a mother that has, that has gold, has state championships in track and field from Kilgore High School in the mid-80s. There's some athleticism there, and it, and it's, it's appropriate. And so I love that you mentioned him. I think the quicker Keaton Crawford gets free safety down, The more we're going to see him make plays in the season, whether it's early or later in the year, that's to to be determined. Um, Gunnar Helm is a guy. Nobody's talking about, you know, Jatavian Sanders was kind of the popular one because just his athleticism and and what he did in high school, people thought that would translate. Well, it's taken a little bit while. Well, now we know he's on the the John Mackey award watch list. So at least the national scene kind of sees him. Gunnar Helm isn't talked about enough. Gunnar Helm is, I think he was measured at like 255 pounds now, and a guy that can still catch the football and not be a liability in the, in the blocking game, in the pass blocking game and, and things of that sort. Gunnar Helm's a guy that I think we could, we could hear more about as well. And so, um, yeah, there, there's always a few surprises. I don't think Kelvin Banks is going to surprise anybody. Cole Hudson, let me tell you something. Cole Hudson shouldn't surprise anyone if he's not playing regular minutes in a regular rotation at some time near to the end of the season. He's made that much of an impression on, on guys around the program. So that's probably the four or five guys that, you know, we, we may not hear a lot about or write a lot about, but I've kind of heard more and more about. And, and Baron Sorrell is, is, is the top of that list. And I don't think Texas could – There, you, you and I have talked about this. They need an edge. If you, if they're going to be successful in 2022, they're going to get to the quarterback and Baron Sorrell is taking that step to try to fill that void.
1: You're right. They do have to get after the quarterback. You know, that, that is something that absolutely has to happen. It makes me wonder where justice Finkley and Sorrell kind of, do they, they swap some minutes maybe, uh, in that, in that rotation as we see it going forward. Um, One other thing, you know, and I asked Eric and and we had a roundtable discussion on Friday with Eric and and Jerry both in it. And uh, one of the questions I wish I could have asked you at that same time um, in that uh, one of the the posters on Inside Texas asked the question, is this just more lip service towards the idea of uh, there being more accountability in the program? Is it just another year where you feel like it's a lot of the same stuff you've heard year after year, or is there some real leadership going on in the program that's holding more people accountable, uh, getting guys, you know, more bought in, I guess, uh, from the outset?
0: It's a really good question because I feel like every off season we get a certain level of lip service, whether the expectations to win the conference or when Charlie came in, it was to win six or seven games and make a bowl, um, it, it's a great question, Bobby, you know, I will say this, this is the first off season where I've had those close to the program and close to the players tell me it's more player led. And I know when Sam Ellinger was on board, that was, was, uh, was definitely a player led group, but we also know it fractured and went in different directions because of, of everything from COVID to, to civil rights and things of that sort. So it was really hard to get, you know, a beat on that. I will say, you know, last year it was, you know, we got to get better as a team. We have to grow together. We have to learn about each other. This year it's more the player. I mean, Bijan would stand up and say, look, we're leading this bunch. Rashawn Johnson stood up in front of everyone at media days and said, someone needed to step up. So I just walked in and did it. And so the truth is I haven't heard that from players in in a long time. Have I heard it from coaches? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've heard it from, it's coach speak at this point, but hearing it from the players, seeing it in their eyes, kind of seeing some of that passion, knowing the, the, the malcontents they got rid of off this roster in the last six months, and the guys that they brought in that seem to be culture fits. That's a great question from, from, from an Inside Texas member, because it's, it's legit. We, we hear that lip service year after year, especially in the spring. But I'll say this: the players sound different this year than they did in the past. And the players have always been positive. Last year, KeAndre Coburn held serve on the mic, talking about everybody's nickname and who and who he liked and, and all that stuff. And it was fun, but it didn't give you a direction of the team. Bijan Robinson and Rashawn Johnson and DeMarvion Overshone and Ovi made it pretty clear: look, we haven't done anything. The culture's changing, but we have to fix it ourselves. There's no, there's no fun quotes here there's no quick fix and to me it was a more serious it was a more focused group of guys and so I would say there's a slight difference I don't think it's as much lip service and that's coming strictly from the players uh I mean, when you've got to be excusing or Rashawn Johnson doing that
1: Bobby it's hard it's hard to ignore that you talk to a lot of those guys behind the scenes and let me get your take on this um Charlie Strong was so well liked by his players I mean they they By and large, they loved him, right? So much so that they had three really bad seasons and they still wanted him to be their coach. Absolutely. Tom Herman, exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, did not, well, I mean, no offense to Tom Herman and I'm sure he has a few guys that are, you know, Tom Herman fans, but by and large, the team and the players themselves did not like Tom Herman and how he went about his business. Steve Sarkeesian seems to be a little bit of a mix in that I think that the players like him a lot just from the feedback I get Um, at the same time, I think he's a little bit more organized and got things going a little bit that, that helps the players bring out the best of them than maybe Charlie did. Um, And so I'm wondering how much of this, to your point, player led type situation is brought about by the coach and fostered by them and how they feel about them compared to uh, previous coaches, you know, the two previous ones in uh, Charlie Strong and Tom Herman? That's
0: another loaded question.
1: No, um, I mean, I, I think. Throwing, it's, no, no,
0: that's good. You're throwing them out on a Sunday, man. You're making me think. These are great questions, man. Um, you know, like you said, they love, they, love, they love Charlie. They didn't care for Herman. I think Sark's somewhere in the middle. You know, Herman wanted to be that quintessential bad guy, bad cop, and, and let the coordinators kind of be nicer and kind of have that balance. But the dynamic didn't work at all because Herman didn't understand it. Uh, Charlie was kind of the opposite of that. He almost let the defensive guys do too much, and it wound up turning in the worst statistical season I think Texas football's defense have ever had. Sark is somewhere in the middle right now, and I think we're, we, we still don't know what that answer is. The players definitely like him. There's an authenticity about him. Okay. You get that just talking to recruits and parents. There's something there. He's so much more involved in recruiting than Charlie and Tom were. And that, and I think he's using his weapons like that's something he's good at. He's not good at just scheming plays. He's not good at just, you know, putting offensive guys in the right position. He's good at building those relationships, fostering those. I don't think Sark has had to go up to Bijan and Rashawn and go, hey guys, we need leaders. So time to step up i think the, i think it's a it's all in it's i think those two have kind of done their own thing i will say this i do think bo davis has had conversations in that defensive locker room i do think he's let those guys know they have to set the tone and it it, it may start it on that bus ride home uh you know talking about kids need to go to the portal but i feel like like a Demarvion Overshone telling us look we, we we need a defensive leader we need guys over here to step up and he goes I'll be that guy. I've been here the longest. I've seen the most. I'll be that guy. And so from an, I think it's organic from an offensive side, from a defensive side, I think you've got Bo Davis kind of lighting some fires. I think you got Bo Davis saying, you know what, Alfred Collins, it's time to stomp somebody's ass. I think he's looking at Byron Murphy and he's saying, you know what? You really are a pit bull. It's time to bite somebody. And he's getting overshone. He's getting Jalen Ford to take that next step. He's getting Baron Sorrell to treat every day like it's one and zero. And so the best way to answer that is, I think, from an offensive standpoint, it's been more organic just because of, of Bijan and Rashawn and those guys. And Jordan Whittington, who needs credit as well. On the defensive side, I think it's more manufactured. And that's just the circumstance and the group of kids they have in this particular season.
1: All right. That's been Justin Wells. I think it's a great answer, Justin. I appreciate you sharing it with us. Here on On Texas Football, Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for watching this episode of On Texas Football. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.